on behalf of everyone from the Cash Chasers, we want to officially welcome you to the premiere of the Cash Chasers podcast. This is a show for every level of whiskey enthusiast, whether you've been in it for years or looking for a place to start. And there is no better place to start than taking you back to where it all began. To kick off the show, join us on a little trip through history as we explore the early years of scotch, bourbon, and the expanse of whiskey from all over the world in a three-part series we're calling the Origin Series. In this first episode, journey around Scotland as we look at the events that led to the creation of Scotch whiskey, how the five regions of Scotland each play their own role in the unique characters of Scotch, and why Aquavitae is found throughout the history books. If you think it's all serious business, just wait until you hear Bobby try to add new words to the English dictionary. Be sure to stay tuned after the show to find out more of what you can expect in future episodes, but for now, pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cash Chasers Podcast. All right, welcome, Cast Chasers. We are so glad to have you along for the ride as we try to help share this love for whiskey that we all have. Now, since we're highlighting Scotch this week, we couldn't think of a better one to highlight first than the Glenmorangie 10. So, Bobby and Aaron, I know this one is a favorite of all three of us. Uh, tell me a little bit about it and why is this one so popular? It's a simple Scotch. It is, but I think and it's. I, uh, it, Aaron and I continuously call this our entry level, and I'm um, surprised more people don't bring this up as an entry level. Yeah, you know, if you get a, a wine drinker, especially, and they, you know, I don't drink scotch. I'm handing them, handing them this because it's not harsh, it's not old. Sure. Um, it's ten, but um, it's complex, fruity, and uh, it's nice. Yeah, it's, I, it's I think this time. is a good place to start in scotches because yeah. we can there. You can build on this one and mm-hmm. and, and go a lot of directions from here. Well, so they have a good lineup, and they have a great lineup. Yeah, yeah. They do. Let's get to the tasting, shall we? It's a damn good scotch. Sure <laughs> and is. It is. And I know it's mental. And I've heard even even um, the distiller, you know, flavors it like this on, on the palate. Orange. It's just mm, there. Sure. And yeah. it's in the name. We hear the name. it in the name. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but it's, it's... Their label looks kind of like an orange color. They're obviously yeah. going for that. They're playing off of that. Scott's wearing an orange t-shirt. So. <laughs> it just makes sense. <laughs> it fits, man. Um, I don't know. Citrusy? Yeah. Uh, uh, but I'm saying I'm, a but, little, a little, a little floral, a little vanilla. Even I get that. that that's why I, that's one of the reasons um, people that are, you know, bourbon drinkers just kind of getting into scotch. This is one of the ones I'll recommend mm-hmm, to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I'll say uh, visually, not great. Yeah. Um, it, very just yellow. It, it, it's, well, it's, it's, it's on the verge of, dare I say clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? it's and the, and, be careful with that because I mean, just because it's clear doesn't mean it's obviously right. There's some, there are actually aged whiskeys that point. for some reason they, they're not pulling the, the, the color from the barrel. Well, and, and a these, lot of that is because you're, you're not getting it from your new oak barrels. Well, these are, I'm, they're used barrels. You were probably just about to say that. Yeah. Um, but they're, these are used barrels. So, you know, you're, you've already had the bourbon or whatever was in the barrel before has already pulled out a lot of that color. So, yeah. I mean, this has been sitting there for 10 years. You get a bourbon that's been sitting there for three years, way more color than this. Get the new oak, right. yeah. yeah. Jim McEwen, one of my favorite distillers, Scotch distillers of, well, he's just retired now, I believe, um, of Bush Laddie. And I think he was in Bowmore before that. Um, so, he's like renowned. One of the things I got from him that I love the most is young whiskeys 
they have their place. Be- and one of the reasons I think we're doing this one versus, um, you know, an 18 or the, the nectar or whatever, these young whiskeys give you exactly the flavor profile that the distiller wanted from mm. not just the barrel, but from the grain, from the flower itself. Right. You know what I mean? From the entire maturation process, all of that in that young early stage. So that's that floral, that's the fruit, that's those light notes that we're getting. Where you get to an older whiskey, you know, you're getting more the oak and the vanillas and whatever. Mm. I like that. You, yeah, the older like ones you're getting stuff that's deeper in the in the in the cask in the barrel. Get, let me ask you a question. What about the nose? Not a lot there. That's we didn't my, talk. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 um. It's not as deep as yeah. some whiskeys are. It's again, it's young. There's a lot of ethanol coming off of that. There is a fruitiness to the nose, mm-hmm. which I appreciate, but it's not as complex. And you another, really have to hunt. Yeah. Another thing yeah. I like about the nose on this is it's not going to turn a non-whiskey drinker off. Good mm-hmm. point. It's not going to smack you in the head with all that point. ethanol. What I notice at our tastings is, and I try to tell people, you know, it's a finger away from the glass. You put your finger on top of the glass and that's how far your nose should be. And then- when you get better at it, you can dig in the glass. But some new drinker, they see us, you know, going for that nose, and they'll bury their face in their glass. And then you see when they come up for air, that face of gasoline just hit me in the face. So it's not going to punch you, which is nice because that'll scare somebody off. So. Yeah, I, that's why I was asking because for me, that you really do have to search for the nose, and sometimes that it's good to be aware of that because for the, the the new people to this, mm. to this, um, they may think I'm doing something wrong, right? Sure, and, sure. And no, you're not. You're not. It's not always going to be punch you in the face, uh, apparent, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? And and it does it to all of us. I'll dive yeah. in glass head first and think, well, okay, wow, that's hot. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, no, I like this one. I've always have. Um, and I, I know we, our rank thing and it's, when we rank something and we, uh, our opinion is our opinion, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to hate this and they're going to love it. So our opinion, my opinion, if I'm using a simple five star, it's I, I 4.5, this thing, yeah. it's up there. Uh, yeah. And I, it's because of the age, mm-hmm. um, which is always something I think about, you know, if you can be so young for a scotch, I mean, a 10 year bourbon is, a, you know, but a 10 year scotch, it's a young scotch. It's a really good 10 year. Yeah, it's a simple. Anybody can get their hands on it, which the, I think is cool, and it's it's in, it's inexpensive. What is that a bottle? Uh, thir- depending on where you get it, thirty five, thirty five to forty five. Low price point, yeah. It, the 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 price point definitely makes right. a huge difference, right? And I feel like we get this question a lot, especially from new people: is where do I start? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, where yeah. do I start? And uh, again, one of the reasons why we're doing Logable and sixteen. head first man head first you know what i mean yeah but it's one of the reasons why we're doing this origin series is because uh for reasons like this this is a good place to start yeah it is yeah a low price point really really um uh even flavor you can have it does have some apparent notes to pick out and um it's your typical yeah yeah it's bright it's Mm -hmm. it's that there's absolutely no p it's a great word some people are scared of that that um quintessential smoke hmm. you know what i mean you think oh, i don't like the flavor of burning well you get used to it first off it's fantastic seek sure. it out but this <laughs> is this is this is just and this the 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 glen morangy 10 specifically i always have always have a bottle in my in my cabinet the um, big one right and it's i have i have the smaller one in my cabinet the big one is somewhere else and i just refill the smaller one um but i've always got a bottle of this in my cabinet and often if i'm trying a whiskey uh, spe- well, specifically if I'm trying a scotch and I'm like, I like this, how much do I like it? And I'll go 
and I, I'll just go back and compare it to a Glenn Morangy. Um, I'll go, that's, okay. That's wild. I'll, I'll go, okay. Do I like this? Do I like this more than the Glenn Morangy 10? No. Then why did I spend $70 on it? Good point. Exactly. You know? exactly. So like and that, that happens that's, so often. And, and that's, that's what sort of brings me back if I'm like, you know, oh, I don't know. And oh. it's, it's 43%. Yeah. So it's not a burn. And that goes back to the anybody can handle. You know, it's your lowest is, of course, 40, but it's 43%. So there's enough that it's, it's, there's a flavor, there's a little ethanol, enough that's pleasurable. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. It's good. It's good. So if you're it's looking just, for a place to start, this is grab it. it. And you can go and to Costco, you can go to your store I'm and buy it in the just gallons. I say Costco has it at a great <laughs> yeah, deal. So this is a, this is a great place. Let's clear up the name. I feel like. People go back and forth on the name. Well, I say, I we say, say Glenmo because we're that's, that's right. Very true. That's we keep very true. we keep the we'll uh, yeah we keep yeah. the uh, gray area. Morangi. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there there there's a lot of people that say um, Glen Morangi. Um, I've always heard, I used to say Glen Morangi, and then I watched a couple things on distilleries, and like the the distillers there were saying Glen Morangi, say mm-hmm. like it's an orange, mm-hmm. and that might be a marketing thing. To be totally honest, but that's a good point. But it's all I, in your head. So I've always just called it Glen Morangi from do you, that point on. Do you watch videos just to figure out the pronunciation? One hundred percent, absolutely. So, absolutely. The, and I can't. I just watched. There's a great documentary on Amazon that everybody should watch, and I'll bring it up later mm-hmm. when I find it. The head distiller, I think it's just called Scotch. Yeah, Scotch, a golden uh, dream. It's a beautiful documentary. Mm. Check it out. But the um, one of the head guys, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, of um, Glen Morningy, um, he says it differently than I've heard other people say it. Okay. And maybe it's because he's Scottish. Right. But there's these weird emphasis on that center of that word. And so I think that's when we and hear that, it. That's probably, and we Glen hear it with our, with our, yeah, with our American ears. And yeah. We We're can't. Glenn Morangy? Yeah. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn Moe Glenn Morangy? Just call it Glenn Moe. Glenn, you're Glenn Moe is the easy way to slang. It makes you seem to. hip That's and right. cool. That's right. It doesn't but, do any uh, of those I things. And you're new, right? So you're walking in there. You're like the Glenn Moe orange one. <laughs> and then watch the watch the bartender just stare blankly at me. <laughs> you know what, kid? <laughs> you get, can I get some Glenn Moe? Yeah, you're lucky you get that new bartender who's already freaking out. What the hell's a Glenn Moe? I've heard of Glenn Moe. It's a good scotch. It's yeah, a good one. Good I scotch. I like it. I like your point on the smokiness too, which uh, kind of leads us into the different regions and bringing in that yeah, smoke aspect. Yeah. So more of that to come. Cool. I love it. Boom. Hey there, everyone. Scott here. And I want to talk to you real quick about a cause that is near and dear to our heart. Did you know that in our area alone, one in eight people struggle with hunger and one out of every six are children? To help fight hunger in our area, the Cast Chasers have teamed up with Drams for Fams to help support local food banks. The average cost of a meal here in Delaware is $3.12, so every donation helps. To find out how you can help, visit dramsforfams.com and search for the Cast Chasers chapter. That's drams, the number four, fams.com. All right, Chasers, this week we are talking all things Scotch. We really wanted to dive into the early years of whiskey within Scotland to find out how they turned distilling into the art form we know and love today. Now, now since we are talking Scotches, fellas, does Ireland play a role in this? Uh, no, I mean, they, they were kind of, I mean, we're talking 50 whatever years difference, but they were toe to toe with doing the same thing. You know, you got to remember Ireland is going through its own war with England and its own issues and everything. And they're actually creating the first legal distillery. But Scotland 
Scotland that is, if you really get to the beginning stages when the friars are making, specific friars are making whiskey and beginning the process of, you know, developing young whiskeys, you know, again, we're not barreling yet or anything. We haven't figured out fermentation or I mean mm. aging. Um, you you have to start with taxing, I think. I think that's true scotch is when the taxing starts. And then if you want to start where it gets legal, you're 1823 after the after the tax is in place or put in place and then they're basically forced out of illicit distilling and forced into either become a distillery or um or you know or not but i think it's more fun to talk about it kind of before that because that's where your your locations come from your spay or your space side your islas and everything because you have this almost moonshiny um culture going on which they did way before us mm-hmm. and then we started that, it, which yeah. is a great point I'll be the first to admit, when I think moonshine, I always think, you know, Prohibition, you know, 1920s here in America, mm-hmm. running moonshine yeah, in a yeah, trunk, no. right? And that's that's really well, not. And I think that's where the, t- when we initially coined the term was. Doing was it in the moonshine. But, by moonlight. Yeah, yeah moonlight. but like it, that, that process was being done in Scotland. Exactly. You know? So instead they're doing it in the glens and they're doing it in the valleys and in the mountains and everything. And they're in churches making it right and it's funny because you think of robin hood and you know friar tuck mm. and what a good example of these and this is this is actually what happened these friars were making it and it was medicinal or you know religious reasons but they were really you know they were getting plastered off this stuff and they were using it as currency because they weren't making money so how they would do exchanges with noblemen and how they would exchange with locals for whatever they may need food grains and things like that they were using whiskey that they made as a currency. Mm. And then people said, well, I make the grain. I'm growing this stuff. I can make it myself. Right. And I can use it as currency. Right. And now that we're being taxed or the taxing starts and the oppression starts from England, why don't we just use this as money? So just almost like here in America, it happened the same way. It was a financial piece. And then villages, and this is where we get into the location, started kind of upcoming from these areas. And then you see different flavor profiles coming from those areas. So no trees, but you have to, uh, you know, you have to, you know, cure the the barley. So you're doing it with peat because you have a big peat bog. So you're starting to learn the techniques of how to, how to burn and how to, how to smoke and how to, how to, uh, how to transport. So then we have barrels that come in and we're using used barrels because that's what we have our hands on, right? It's illegal or it's highly taxed, if not illegal to make a barrel. So you're using something that already exists. So, so you y- you brought up a lot of points there. I want to dive into a yeah, few of those. Shotgun and, out there, didn't yeah, I? I like it, man. Yeah, Just yeah. go for it. <laughs> Love it. But let's unpack that a little bit mm. because there's a, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And, and, and going back to the beginning and, and and tying off of what we said last week, you know, we talked about coming from Ireland into Scotland and the uh, the differences. But at that time when it did come over and you know emboldening the troops. To awesome, <laughs> we yeah. had to work it in. I love that strong to, word. Yeah, uh, to becoming the art over in Scotland. It, it, not real necessarily Scotch at that point. You're th- it's 13th century simple spirit, right? Is what it is. It's a yeah. new wine. So there's a. Yeah. I feel like there's a common misconception there that yeah. it, it was not always Scotch. And, and and I've read a little bit, and there's some you know back and forth. Scotch is actually, and now it's not. Now they own it and yeah. take it in. It was almost derogatory. Um, mm. because it was a lesser alcohol sure. because it was produced by the Scots. Right. 
You know what I mean? And there's the word scotch comes from that, right? It was, we were drinking, we're in Britain, we're drinking wine, we're drinking, you know, beers, we're drinking, you know, mead and whatever we're getting from Europe and we're making on our own. These heathens up north, you know, into the, into the east, they're making this really rough, you know, easily made, you know, they can make it in a, literally in your, in their pseudo basement, they didn't have mm-hmm. basements, right? But you can make it easily, quickly. And transport it easily and quickly and one gallon to 10 gallon drums, you know what I mean? And, right. and pot stills, you're banging out of copper or metal, or whatever you have, copper specifically. Right. So it was blue, it was booming out of control. And at that time, we're causing issues, Britain rather, is causing issues with Europe and their depletion about, and we need alcohol. Alcohol has been, I mean, prohibition teaches us anything, you can't get rid of it. But then France shuts us off. Europe shuts, you know, shuts off the UK, and then they start looking to the north and mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, um, I hear you guys have maybe something you could share." So you see King Henry, you know, himself buying it from the local friars and and everything, just mm-hmm. to kind of put it back in his to you know, for something to sip on. They're not drinking water because that'll kill you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, That's right. You know what I mean. <laughs> and to to your point, Scott. Yeah, Scot- Scotch whiskey then is definitely not what it is today. No, by any, by, I, by any means. Today we're 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 aging we're aging scotch in used bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. But, right. but and before that, it's right. good point. <laughs> good point. Well, and and that's a money thing too, which is interesting. So, scotch as we know it doesn't come around until late seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds. Licensing comes out in eighteen twenty three, and then your Bushmill or Buchanan, Dewars, Johnny Walker, they start to show their head, you know, and some of these other um, distillers start to. I don't want to pick on those three, but. They start to start to pop up, and we're you and they're using you know European oak, mm-hmm. and then the European forest or trade, you know, different reasons financially kind of goes away, and then you have and then you start to see um, uh, Russian oak actually, mm-hmm. and then we think okay, well there's there's the there's the Spanish oaks and things like that as they start to disappear and we're in the Russian Russian oak is in you know a little inferior it's very porous and it doesn't hold the flavor that no not porous it doesn't hold the flavor quite as nicely we're also at a war mm-hmm. and we're also in this entanglement with these new settlements right so from that we start to see oak mm-hmm. coming up here American oak and uh, they hate new Scots hate new mm-hmm. used oak is where it's at because they want the subtle notes. American oak is giving them vanilla. American oak is giving them those subtle notes that pair well with whether it's a briny, peaty isla or if it's a fruity, you know, flowery um, Speyside or lowland, mm-hmm. um, that American oak just does nicely. And that's not to say a secondary or a primary isn't good else because I've had sure. some great Caribbean cast mm-hmm. things. Like, it was just an easy – it wasn't easy to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. So the Scots and what I love about their story is there are, there are people and they were a group of what's available. Yeah. And how easy can I get my hands on it? Right. Because the cops are here. Right. You know what I mean? And, and so to, you know, break that up, uh, Ari, you know, we were talking about regions, mm-hmm. right? And and it, it felt like each region was, um, ran into that predicament differently. Yeah. And it was how do we overcome? And so that kind of leads to the different areas that we have. And then what they're making. And what they're of. making. Right. right. So, so the, uh, there's... You, You'll you'll hear people say there's five regions, there's six regions, there's this, there's that. What 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 it and there's there's a lot of misunderstanding um, in there. And I'm I I'll say again and again I'm by no means an expert, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Scotch whiskey as we know it today comes from five, we'll call them areas of Scotland. Um, 
Three of them are officially called regions, and that's going to be your highlands, your lowlands, and Speyside. And then two, what they call protected localities, and that's going to be your Campbelltown and your Isla. And somebody's going to say, well, what about the, like the islands? You know, there's islands outside of Isla. Technically, those are actually part of the highlands. Interesting. Yeah. And Speyside is contained sort of within the highlands. So so they're almost a part of each right. other. And, and honestly, a Speyside um, can market itself as a highland as well. The way I've had it in, in Scotland, the way I, someone explained it to me, um, we were on a castle tour. And uh, not the castle tour. It was the, um, the, what's it called? It's the World of Whiskey tour. I can't remember. It's the biggest collection of whiskey or mm. Scotch whiskey. Um, it's this big tour you can do. Anyway, the guys there explaining, they're almost like states. Mm-hmm. And these states protect one another right. or protect right. within. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see the rules with three-year barley. Only thing that can be added is water and dye. And what the reason is to protect themselves. You know what I mean? We use barley only because – or barley or local malts only, grains, because we need to feed the community. Right. These right. These distillers were the hub mm. of the community. So if I'm using local grain, I can keep people in business and those key people can grow and buy for my whiskey. Um, so that's kind of where these areas come from and why they're so strong and very strict on their what they are. And you'll see merging throughout history, like Speyside and Highlands trying to become mm-hmm. one, and then they're, no, no, right, two right. different things. It's because they're very particular about their area and protecting their little group and, um, and their people it, within it, them, it makes their it, state. It makes it very convenient for <laughs> for scotch drinkers as well, um, because, I mean, you can talk about, like, I'll I'll still say this is from the islands, even though, like, I know officially, you know, it, islands is not a region. But you know what? They're going to have their own kind of flavor to them. They do. Briny, so, yeah. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. like a, a Speyside is going to have its own, um, you know, sort of generic flavor. If you're talking about a Speyside, you're talking about you're talking about fruits, you're talking about floral, bright, you know, for the for the most part. And there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. Um, but that's going to be sort of your general taste in the in the Speyside area. Um, Isla is going to be mostly peaty, smoky, you know, that, that sort of heavier dive into it type thing. And I want to just stop there for a second because the, the reason that they introduced peat, right, was, was, is interesting to me. And and you brought it up, you, you touched on it earlier. I just want to kind of go back to that for a second. There was a reason. Well, you'll, if you continue listening, hopefully you love everything we're doing here. You'll, (laughs) you'll see how opportunistic, um, whiskey people are, especially the Scots and your Irish. They use what's local. And one thing, especially in the islands, um, islands, um, I like the Isle of Skye for, you know, specifically. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of trees. You're not, and, and getting lumber in here, it's like I'll go to Home Depot, you know, whatever. When you're in that, when you're, and we're talking 1700s, 1800s, when you're in a world where getting, you know, lumber to you to use as a fuel, it's impossible. And mm-hmm. this is, Pete's not just a fuel for a whiskey. But remember, whiskey is the community, right? So it's colluding right. all together. Pete's a fuel in general, and it's an easy fuel to get their hands on. And the specific thing about peat is it's right by the water. Mm-hmm. So now it's taking on specific a specific smoke flavor that's unique to peat, right? But then it's taking on a briny flavor too and kind of that, you know, oceanetic. So that's where you're really getting into. It's not a word. It's not. I'm going to make up a lot of words through <laughs> this whole thing, so just deal with it. Um, I want it to be a word. It sounds like a good one. Um, oceanatic? No? Just stop. Wow. Wow. <laughs> just pull that up. Okay. If I can make it in the Webster's Dictionary with one of these. I mean, if we need a title for an episode, I guess that's, that's my it. shtick, man. Just make oceanetic. words. Oceanetic. Oceanetic. 
But um, so that so the, the so to your point, they're opp- opportunistic. Mm. Gosh, now you wow, go, man, yeah, look at that. On, don't get off the rails. Oh, that one is a word. I like it. <laughs> they're 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 using what they have, and that's what's amazing. And so you hear laws and how stringent, you know, strict they are with what they what they make and everything. Some people and and Scotch, to be honest with you, lately, and have have been fighting Diageo specifically Mm -hmm. is fighting on changing the rules and the laws a little bit to try to make it more open to interpretation, which is okay. And I appreciate Bush Laddie does that, you know, they're changing the way they do things, but why, why I like the, a little bit of the uh, way they did it in the olden days is because there's a flavor profile there. And I like the idea of using an artesian mentality. Yeah. 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 Um, so to go back to the regions just for a second, that that's really all sort of the regions there are is are are the one the ones that I listed. You know, three technical regions, I guess. And I mean, it, there there's also in in the whiskey community in general, there's a lot of people just being very protective of words and nomenclature and that sort of thing. So if you say you know the five regions, the six regions, I don't care. But they're know, particular, exactly. but, but you have, so, so if you, um, if you're in the lowlands, you have great distillers down there that are in, not as many. The reason we hear, you know, especially with Speyside, mm-hmm. there's just a ton of distillers in that yeah, area. Yeah. And that's why the, the name comes, your, your islands and the space come out so much, but there's, there's great whiskeys and other, and they're trying, they maintain a revival all the time. You're not going to find as many whiskeys in that area. But there are, I think as the farther you go south, I think you'll find more floral, more, mm-hmm. you know, more simple and, and clean flavors. And you're going to find more stuff that you don't taste very often, too. Because they talk, talk about, talk about. That you wouldn't think of scotch, really. Yeah, but Cam- they're fantastic. Campbelltown and Campbelltown the, the Lowlands, there's not a whole lot yeah. to draw from there. So, yeah. like, I mean, I when, when we did we should, our, We'll taste some. Yeah. yeah. yeah just when, so when we, we can did, show how we great our, they are. When we did our tasting, I, you know, I had to go hunting. Just to find, just to Bring find a, a, yeah, just to find a low length, yeah. you know, um, how about that? What, what is your favorite region or area as Ooh. far as distillery? Well, Highland Park's my favorite okay. series, my favorite distillery. Yep. Um, but if I had to say it's either, it's either the Highlands or Spade, Spaceside probably. Okay. And, and I like Pete when I want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if I'm, yeah. if I just, if I have to pick a bottle to put on my shelf, a, a, a an area to put on my shelf, and I, and that's all I can have, mm. it's Spay. Um, and you'll get some great peat from Spayside too. Mm-hmm. And they're not as, you know, um, Belvini had the, mm. uh, has a, you know, they peat week where they literally shut down this, this distillery for a week and, you know, it becomes a peated distillery. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Which is really cool. And there's a complexity there. And in Highland Park, there's no, it's, you know, there's notes of peat. You get the brine, you get the sweetness of, you get a little bit of everything, which is why I like it so much. Mm, sure. Um, and then sometimes you want to get punched in the face with some, you know, Octomore or something, some, you know? You yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. have a favorite reading? Yeah, Scott? I do. And actually... Um, he was fishing for that. He wanted us to ask him. <laughs> Scott, what's yeah, your yeah, favorite you can, region? You can put the sign down now. I'll ask your region. <laughs> Please ask me. I have an arrow. <laughs> um, I, I, I've I've said this for a long time that for for some reason the the islas are are I love them. I I I love them yeah. so much. It's just and it's because. Uh, I feel like they're just so different. And you kind of started there too, right? Yeah. Like that was, like that what was your first scotch? Ardbeg. Wow. Right? Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. Just jump the hell in. Oh you my know? God. I, and Which it, one? Do you um, remember? Gosh, what one was that? 
I guess it was the 10. Like it probably was, okay. Yeah, it was the 10. Okay. And I'll tell you, uh, um, I was, uh, it was about the uh, early fall. We were having a party and uh, a friend of a friend was there who happened to be a local rep, which is, so, you know, these guys are out and about in the area and, you know, they get all kinds of things. And this guy had, he was like, let me show you. I told him I was the, you know, in, big in the whiskey. He's like, oh yeah, let me show you my basement. It brings me down. And he has all of these like bottles and samples and things. And he brought up this Arbeg that I had never heard of. I never yeah. knew Arbeg and I was just getting in the whiskey and we tried it. We were sitting around a campfire and I tried it and I was like, whoa, this. Yeah. What this. a great spot to try I, it. I know. What a great Arbeg, spot yeah. to try And I was hooked yeah. and he gave me the bottle. They, they put a whiskey in space. That, really? Yeah. They yeah, were. they did. That's another show. <laughs> I, I I will say, and I mean, I, honestly, after everything I just said, I, I feel like this is cheating a little bit. My favorite region is Highlands, just because mm. it co- it covers. It, and to go back to what you were saying, Bobby, about if I had to pick one region to keep on my shelf, yeah, that my shelf could only be this region. I would say Highlands, just because of the variety, because you're going to have the yeah. stuff that's. And I'll even well, that's ex- why exclude, I picked Space Side well, because and, of but the high, yeah. But I'll even exclude. Speyside from that because you've you've got some spay flavors outside of Speyside still in the highlands but then you go over to like your like your oban which is one of my favorites yeah um which i've also heard pronounced oban 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 um but you you've got you know geographically that's going to be closer to your your islands um not too far from isla also yeah. so you know you, you're going to have those more a little bit more brine in there um you're you're gonna have a, a little bit of peat sort of like a distant smoke there uh which i really like and it's a nice nice sort of mixture and technically you know the island the rest of the islands are part of you know yeah. the the highlands but I, i'll i'll keep that out because i mean then i can just be like and talisker too yeah. so do you do you go as i mean i know you enjoy highland park the scandinavian of the scotch whiskey that's right uh, that's but uh, it, i think that's why i like it so much it's yeah. it's it's got a nuance to it mm-hmm. that's different mm-hmm. and uh well, I yeah, and and I mean, you, you you get outside of that, you get just outside of you know Scotland. You tar- you start talking about your um your your Penderins and yeah, those sort oh of wow, your you know, Welsh, yeah, your Wel your Welsh whiskey, and that, that bleeds again, in, yeah, and that's well, the thing. And we'll talk about it in another show, but yeah, obviously, it all bled in. We gave free land, and they came over and made it here to and America. That's actually, yeah. uh, that that that's where we're heading next week. Segway, <laughs> we're getting good at this, man. We're two weeks in. Look at this, pretty pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Go, uh, I, I would tell people to you know go out. Try different scotches. My fear is, and this isn't more origin. They they put a lot of love, life, and fight into their whiskeys. They deserve their respect, in my opinion. Ireland too. Um, what a great bunch of whiskeys they got there. Um, go and try them, and don't get st- people get stuck on one. They're yeah. like, oh, I tasted one; it was smoky. I hated it. Yeah, we'll try a different one. Absolutely, and uh, please do. They're yeah. amazing. Or you could be like Scott, and you taste the smoky one, and you're and like, this you is just, all I want. You're for yeah, a sadist, this and that's the that's I know. my first my first smoky whiskey. I, I don't even I don't even know what it was. But I knew it was, I knew it was an Isla and I yeah. was like, uh, and uh, uh, a buddy of mine had it in his glass on the opposite side of the table and I could smell it. And I was like, whatever that is, yeah. I, I want to make it go in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it, and like, so I had had scotch before and I liked scotch, but um, I had never had something super smoky at the yeah. time was, you know, sort of all I knew. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, there is now that I've kind of, come further on this journey and I, I realize there are some things that I miss out when when you have an island and you know because of the, the overwhelming smokiness and uh, you know I had big peat when I was over in Germany and that thing is has a ton of smoke to it mm-hmm. and you realize that 
you know, you lose some things on the nose and the taste and, and um, because you're just overwhelmed with that peat. But at the same time, um, they are distinct and you know it. So I guess that leads us to them coming across the ocean. And uh, which we'll talk about next time, which we're going to talk about next week. Six months journey. So that's right. <laughs> it's very <laughs> that's long. Right. <laughs> All right. So that's it. The first episode's in the books, but we have a lot more in store for you here on the Cash Chasers podcast. We really want this to be a show where everyone from novice to expert can enjoy, learn, and share. So if you're new to whiskey and you're just not quite sure where to start, this is the show for you. And we want to help bring you up to speed just like we were so you can enjoy the culture that we love. Now, if you're an expert out there, we want to help bring you engaging content, interesting interviews, and most importantly, Importantly, we want to hear from you and we want to learn from you. So for everyone, if you want to let us know what you're thinking or if you want to share some knowledge that you think we should talk about on the podcast, send an email to podcast at cashchasers.org. Or as always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Cash Chasers or on the web at www.cashchasers.org. And if you're wondering how you can help, you can hit that little like button, subscribe to our podcast, and most importantly, leave us a review right there in your favorite podcast app. It all goes a long way. So we thank you for listening to the first episode of the Cash Chasers podcast. And remember, Cash Chasers, it's not about finding the perfect dram. It's all in the chase.